Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with all of you. My heart's been beating in me like a big bass drum. He's given me a message that I could not ignore. And it started 20 years ago. When I was 20, I had a dream about Malachi. And one o'clock in the morning, I woke up with very, very happy to realize it was only four chapters long. <laughs> and I went back to sleep. Three years later, a prophet said to me, you had a dream about a prophet in the book, in the Bible. His name is Malachi. God's going to use you. A year and a half ago, I had an open vision. Never had one before. I've had dreams. I've had plenty of words. Never had an open vision. So it took a lot of soul searching, and I want to say this to some of you. God's given you words. He's spoken over your lives. He's given you prophecies. He's given some of you dreams. And unless you steward them properly, he won't give you more. Okay? You've got to go in and ask him, what are those things about? What are those dreams about? What are the words you've spoken over my life? Write them down. Okay? Get them into your heart. Because when times are tough, those are the things that you're going to hold on to. That is the word of God spoken over your life, and they're going to keep you going in the direction God wants for you. Because when you are doing God's work, I promise you discouragement comes. And all kinds of things come in your way to try and get you offended. But when you know what God's called you to, it's very hard to get offended. So when I started searching from that vision, I was watching um, Sid Roth at Supernatural, and he was talking about the anointing oil. And he said, you, you need to go to Zechariah 4. So I go to Zechariah 4. My dream, or my vision at least, is in Zechariah 4. So I get super excited. And then May this year, Heather messaged me. She said, God gave me a very clear word for you from the book of Haggai. So I'm going, wow. Okay, so we've got three prophets. Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai the last three books of the Old Testament. They are known from all the documentaries and everything I've looked at, they are known as the Restoration Prophets. And you know what, guys? We have just come through and we are still going through something that has shaken the world to its core. And I don't know what it is Sometimes about big mountains or shaky seas or fires we go through, but somehow those things bring us to our knees. And I love, I love that God in his mercy and his grace can come and take something that the devil tries to hurt us with and kill and destroy. The Bible says, John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And when he brings a thing like COVID and gets us to our knees, God says, I will turn what he intended to harm you with. The people that love me, the people that are called according to my purpose, I will turn that very thing for your good. Okay, so 
everything Steve was saying today. Guys, you have no idea. I really say that because some of you have no idea when you speak. You are made in the image of God and every word that you say resonates. Every word that you say resonates. So the restoration prophets, they were brought basically at a time where Israel was going through and they had been in captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, taken them all captive and kept them in Babylon. And then this is a time where there was King Darius and Cyprus said to them, guys, go back, you're allowed to go back to Jerusalem and go and restore the temple again. So they came at a time when the temple was being restored. And um, beautiful illustration for us because we're saying, okay, well, that was them, but how does that refer to us? How does that talk to us? And um, I just want to say to you, you are the temple of God. You are the temple, and this church here is the temple, okay? You are the temple, but this is, this is his house. We are his people. We are the church, and it's our responsibility to take care of this place, okay, as much as it is our responsibility to make sure that our hearts are kept right before God, to walk in humility, to walk in purity, to walk in accountability before God, before your peers, before those who are in leadership over you. Those qualities are so, so important. Um, so if these prophets were brought to challenge us and encourage us, I've got two questions for you, the church, and I know this is going out social media, so whoever watches it, it's a question for them. Because Heritage Day that we've just all celebrated, I don't know about you, but God put such a burden on my heart for this country and for the world that we would have revival. God, I, I'm like, God, you need to bring revival. Either you need to bring revival or bring Jesus or bring both. Come, <laughs> come, Lord. We need you. We need you. I eventually put a blanket over my head because I could see my daughter getting very worried while I was crying so much. But I just felt this heavy burden like, to pray for South Africa. There's, a, there's a, a movement of Christians called um, Return and Repent. The Return and the Repent. I think it's right, eh? They've been on a 10-day fast that ends today, prayer and fasting for the nation, and this has been happening around the world. Not only is that after 10 days of prayer and fasting today, it's also Yom Kippur, the Jewish, one of the Jewish holy of holy days, the Day of Atonement, Hey, where they take all their sin, unawares of the fact that Jesus Christ, a lot of them have come to know Christ. And, and uh, you know what? Pray for the Jewish nation, those that are still lost in the old covenant. There are so many men, just in the book of Zechariah that God gave me, just in that book alone there are prophecies. There's a prophecy. I, I, was, so, I was so moved by it. You know, you know when Judas Iscariot went and, and basically gave Jesus up? And the scribes and the Pharisees, they, get, they basically paid him 30 silver coins. And uh, he felt so guilty that he ran and he threw those coins back. You know, in the book of Zechariah, now this is 500 years before Jesus comes back, 500 years before Jesus came. This prophet was prophesying that very thing. 
But the beautiful thing is, is that it says, God said, how much will you pay me? God asked that question, how much will you pay me? And then he says, 30, 30 silver coins. I will take that and I will toss it at the potter's field. God. Guys, if you think Jesus came and we killed him, we did not kill him. That was in God's redemption plan from the beginning of the world. And he was in control of Jesus the whole time. And I love Jesus. I, at my heart, I tell you what, to think that he came to this world knowing he was going to be crucified. And then he loved unconditionally the very people that did that to him. So my question for you today is, who are you? Because on Heritage Day, the Lord asked me that, who are you? And then I have a question. Are you responsible for South Africa, for Africa and the world? Church, are you responsible? So I'm going to help you. Who are you? If you don't know who you are, 1 Peter 2, 9 helps you, and Hebrews 13. But you are God's chosen, chosen treasure, treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart for God's de- as God's devoted ones. Kings. You are kings. If you are God's children, you are kings. Okay? Lift your head up and walk as a king. Walk as royalty because that's who you are. For we have no city here on earth to be our permanent home, but we seek the city that is destined to come. You see, when people ask who you are, on Heritage Day, most people go, I'm a South African, I'm a Zimbabwean, I'm a Malawian. When in fact, if you're a child of God, you should say, I'm a Christian. Then I am a South African and a Zimbabwean or whatever. Because what's been stirring up in my heart is that Africa, Africa, needs God. This country needs God. I was, I was driving the other day with three guys in the car with me. And uh, she, five of them, I think that's what got the attention of the taxi driver. And he like wound his window down and he went like this to the guys. And I said to him, I said, these guys belong to Jesus. And he went, who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Okay, we'll go back to that. Are you responsible for the world we live in? 1 Peter again, carrying on from that verse, he says he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. You, you are it as you sit here. You are God's plan to go and broadcast this message. You know, God, I love this. I love this the way the Passion puts it in 2 Corinthians. He says, we have the ministry of reconciling others to God. We make it our passion. (laughs) We make it our passion to persuade others to come to God. And you know why we do this, people? And especially, man, if you're a South African and if you're an African, you need this message. Because the next slide that's coming up shows us that Africa is at the forefront of world hunger. 
the red, the yellow, the orange are the prominent places where world hunger is happening. The slide after that, you can see the whole of Africa is colorful with red and yellow. We are a very, very, very hungry nation. That slide, everything that's purple is Christian. The green is Muslim. So basically, sub-Saharan Africa call themselves Christian. Okay? Words spoken over South Africa have been that South Africa or Africa is a piggy bank. Eh? We're the piggy bank of the world. We are the begging basket of the world. That's what, that's what people say. I've heard two clips in the last two weeks. Those are the words that are coming through. And people think that God has cursed our land. Well, I'm telling you today, God has not cursed our land. Okay, when Jesus came, he removed the curse. Everything went with Jesus on the cross. That's why the, that's why the Lord says it was an abomination, everything that he took on that cross with him. It was awful. And that's why God could not look upon Jesus. And he said, Father, Father, why, why have you forsaken me? I'm not, I'm not standing for all of that. I'm sorry. You know what? Steve says that what our words say resonate and carry what happens to us, basically, is that when we speak these things over our nation, those things start going into the earth and start going into the, the, the ground. And it doesn't take rocket science to drive around our country and realize there is soil erosion and realize that there's a lot of poverty. You know, with the prayers last night, people were saying that crime is on the increase, hunger is on the increase, um, abortions on the increase. All these things are on the increase in, in Africa and in South Africa. And I'm saying, come on, why is that so? You know, God, is, God has not cursed this, this nation, okay? Our land is blessed, okay? We are a Christian nation. We have had enough people like Angus Buckham who's gone and had prayer meetings upon prayer meetings where millions of Christians have gone and repented and repented. And yesterday um, in the prayer meeting that went around and loads of people from South Africa were online. I had the family all around. We were praying. There was just repentance, 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 repentance. God has heard our cry. And I believe we are at that tilting where we are going to go into revival. And we need to start speaking this. And I declare we're going to have a revival. I really do. Because everything inside of me feels like this is going to happen. I feel like a pressure cooker and I'm about to just let out some like this. (laughs) Guys, you know, Deuteronomy 18 Some things that I know we've got a problem with in our country. Deuteronomy 18 says, There shall shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Ouija boards, palm readers, tarot cards. Guys, 
about four years ago, even longer actually, I got a call. Please go and see my mom. She wants to commit suicide. So I go off to this lady. Lord just tells me the whole way, just pray the angels go before you. So I start declaring angels around me, before me, over me. I get there and the Lord showed me this while I was trying to say, Lord, how do I explain to people that we are not cursed? We are not, our land is not cursed. But when we speak those things over it, it we put it under a curse by our words. So what happens is that I see this lady, her house is in disrepair. Her pool is dark green, okay, dark green. I mean, God is showing me this is what happens, okay. When I start talking to her, I realize she's hanging around. She's got spirits visiting her, three spirits, her boyfriend that died, her sister that committed suicide, and a nephew that committed suicide, all hanging around her. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me. These, these spirits came and woke her up in the middle of the night and said to her, um, someone's breaking into your house. And so she woke up. Now she's, she's starting to trust these things. But now, at the same time, she wants to commit suicide. Her house is in disrepair. Everything around her is breaking down. And I realized, do you know what the Holy Spirit said to me at that moment? He said, they are familiar spirits. They are very familiar with the person. And they come and they hang around you and they whisper death over you. And they whisper things to you. They, they come as a friend. And this is what happens. They come as a friend first. So you learn to trust them. And trust, guys, when it comes to trust, if you don't trust God and you're putting your trust in a Ouija board, or your, your stars, or your ancestors, having your little shrine in your home, making incense come up. Don't do those things. If you're a child of God, that should not be a part of you. It should not be a part of us, guys. Let those things go. If you trust God, then trust Him with everything in your life. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I had the, I had the privilege of meeting a really, really wonderful couple um, that, that do farming God's way up in Asagar. And I went and had a chat with them the other day. And they said to me, this problem with witchcraft and ancestral worship is so bad in Africa that they will go in and they will do a whole program with people about farming God's way and putting gardens down for them and everything will be going well and then a witch doctor will come along and curse it. And now that the witch doctor's cursed it, no one wants to touch it. And suddenly you have a whole village that was farming just go into desolation. There's some places that will not, governments that are so in control of their seeds that they will not allow the seed, the people to get seeds from their crops. They've got to go and buy the seed from the government because they've got a monopoly going on. Africa are so in need of truth and knowing the way. God, I help some of you to have courage to speak truth in the light of those things. God is not taking away your fun. Those things will destroy you. 
I saw it in a house. I saw it in a lady trusting those things. Her whole house went into desolation. Now my question to you is, did she, is that, is that her fault or is that God's fault? That her house is in desolation. It's her fault. Okay? It is not God's fault. And in the same way, when our land is in desolation, it is not God's fault. It is our fault. And it is the people of this nation's fault. And, and you know what? Guys, I'm not standing here pointing like this to you the whole time. God, help me. Jesus came with his arms stretched out. He came in love. There's nothing I know about him other than his love for people. 2 Corinthians. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bows to the obedience of the anointed one. Hey, your thoughts are so important. Proverbs 21.22 says, A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. Strongholds are whatever people trust in other than God. Anything that they put their trust in that is not of God becomes a stronghold in them. I don't want to scare you guys and I don't want to give the devil any more glory, but he does carry an authority in his realm only for those who think his words carry power. If you accept it, they will have something over you. But there are nations and there are people out there that believe in those things. So much so, when I was seven, I lived on a farm bordering the Mopala Township. Mopala and um, Mapumalanga Township on the way to Camperdown and more inland. And I can remember being in a bed and being sexually assaulted by someone close to me. And I thought at the time, I was trying to throw this thought out of my, my mind, but I looked out the window and I saw a broom with a person on, and I just thought a witch on a broom flying through the air. And years later, after numerous broken relationships, 
after relationships, after relationships. Divorced my husband. Then I went into this relationship after relationship after relationship. And I met Dave. And I ran away from Dave. And then Dave and I met again. <laughs> and eventually I wanted to run away again. We were going to get married and I wanted to run away again. And I was like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Why am I keep wanting to run away when these things happen? So I go for Sozo. And I go and I get um, two wonderful, wonderful ladies that I love very dearly, two they're spiritual moms to me. And uh, they, they started praying with me and they said, God's going to take you to a place where he wants to heal you. And God took me straight back to that bed. And she said to me, she said, I can see a witch. And I was like, a witch. I saw a witch that night on a broom. It was Halloween. And she said to me, you had a curse put on you that night. But we're going to break that curse. And so she broke the curse. We broke it together. We prayed. Gone. In Jesus' name. Never had that problem again. You see, the spiritual realm, to a lot of people in this country, they see things in the spirit realm that we don't see. And those things are very, 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 very real. But we need to start saying to them, guys, if you're a Christian, Jesus is much bigger than that. And just one word from him, and that spirit is gone. You want to go and grow your crops, and a witch doctor wants to come and put a curse on it, or you feel like you've upset your ancestors, and now you, you, you're worried now. The fear and manipulation follow people that are caught up in those things. That is not the life Jesus Christ has for you. He's come to set you free. He's come to give you joy and peace. Joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. His kingdom, righteousness, joy and peace. Hey, nothing else. Righteousness, joy and peace. You do not need to fear those things. Those things are not our problem. Pray, pray, pray. The weapons are our warf- of our warfare are praise. Your song is a melody. That's my warfare. When I sing, when I read the word, when I speak the word out, your, God's word out of your mouth is a double-edged sword, slicing through everything that, that people have spoken about against you or over you or over your home. Start declaring those things. There's a lot of prophecies over South Africa. God wants to make South Africa a benefactor. God has hidden the wealth in our land. We have mineral deposits in our land that can solve the world's problem. Uh, the whole problem, sorry, of the economy that has not yet been discovered. Huh? They, they discovered helium eh? just a little while ago. Just stumbled upon helium. I'm like, come on, people. There's a God out there that loves us. Out of heaven, a civil rights movement is coming over the church in South Africa, carrying the DNA of reconciliation. Man, there's some beautiful prophecies here, and I don't have time to, to read all of them. But Jesus... Jesus, come to our nation. I'm so sick and tired of racism. I really am. I just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Jesus came for everybody. And that's why his kingdom, when he says that we are his children, we are from his kingdom, we are not from this world. He does not look at the color of your skin. He looks at your heart. And neither should we look at at the color of each other's skin. We should look at our hearts. We are not a kingdom that says, you know what, violence begets violence, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. No, 
<laughs> we are love your, your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Turn the other cheek. Our kingdom is not like this world, guys, and we need to start reflecting our king's heart. We need to start modeling who he is. Come on. The word says, the Passion Translation, I just love it. It says, from the moment that John stepped on the scene until now, till now, till today, and if we read it tomorrow, it will be till tomorrow. Until the, from the time John stepped on the scene, John the Baptist stepped on the scene, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people take hold of it. I asked him the other day, I said, Lord, there are not a lot of passionate people out there. <laughs> if passionate people take hold of this kingdom, we need more passionate people. I think I was actually talking to, to Roxy, and she said to me, oh, you've got to listen to this prophecy by Sean Bowles from, the Bethel, from Bethel Church. It was so funny. When I was listening to it, he gave me this, this psalm that I'm about to read to you. But he's the guy that's, that, uh, and, and Bethel's, Bethel Church with um, Bill Johnson prophesied beautiful things over South Africa. Go, if you can, go and Google it. Um, it's actually called, Thy, it's called Kingdom Come. Funny enough, mine's called Thy Kingdom. Listen, go, the, the kingdom is coming, okay, in all its fullness. And, and are you ready? Because <laughs> you need to get hungry. And if you don't have hunger, ask him because he will give it to you. He will give it to you. Okay. So my prayer for you today. Put your hand on your heart. Let's pray this together. Can we pray this together? Let my passion for life be restored. Tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you with the willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Then I can show to other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. They will find their way back home to you, knowing that you will forgive them. That is God's message, guys. He is a God of reconciliation. And we are his people who reflect that love and that mercy. Your feet, your weapons, your shield of faith, your helmet of salvation, your feet, the Lord says, are ready to bring the gospel of peace. Peace, guys. Peace. That's what Jesus is. Peace into your situation. Peace over South Africa. Peace over everything. In Jesus' name. Amen.